0: you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. What up? And that's it. Alright. Nice turnout, guys. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, we don't have a guest today. We have tons of topics, but uh, I think we'll jump right into NASCAR Pro Invitational. Uh, I guess let's talk the pre-race. Saturday night, uh, our podcast one-time guest, Fast Pasta, uh, takes the win, uh, Anthony Alfredo. Uh, did you guys get to see
1: uh, see the pre-race? It's Twitter, posting a whole bunch on the Twitter, and I was pretty excited to... Uh... To see him, he was so pumped up about getting a win for it too. It was good to see. You. I, I I cheer for him, and I've been following him on Twitter for a while, and it's nice to see him, you know, keep getting these things.
0: It is, and uh, I, he was genuinely happy, like you said, and and he treated it uh, respectfully. You know, uh, what was interesting was on the final turn coming to the checker on the white, he almost lost it, and there's a replay that NASCAR put up on their Twitter of him having to turn that car hard right to catch it after he gets loose uh, in turn four on the final corner. Nice save. But uh, yeah, I watched a part of that race and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Other news that came out that day on Saturday was uh, Jim Utter from Motorsports.com reported uh, first that the E-NASCAR series would conclude with the finale at a track known as North Wilkesboro. And uh, we did get that confirmed during the Sunday race when Mike Joy announced it on the Fox broadcast. I guess let's talk about that first before we get into the other stuff. Uh, What do you guys think about North Wilkesboro? It hasn't been released to us and it won't until the next uh, release, I understand. But it looks like the NASCAR
1: guys are going to get to run it early. It's good to see. It'll be good to see, you know, as maybe a test session for, you know, if there's any bugs for it. But it's going to be. Nobody's seen that racetrack since they last raced on it. So the this is like the best thing to get all kinds of eyes. It's hype and everything. I can't wait for that race. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting.
0: Uh, I I can't remember in my past watching a race from that track. I mean, I think I might have, but I just don't remember it. And I wonder what, you know, kind of memories are going to be dredged up when I see it the first time, like you
1: say.
2: It was long closed before I started watching I, I don't remember, like,
1: I don't even remember the fact that uh, Gordon was the last winner of the track, but I is it, it for me, until I saw some of the visuals of, um, you know, some of the things, I guess tonight they're showing a thing on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s Twitch about how they made, recreated it, but I don't even remember how that track looked.
0: Yeah. I do recall Jeff Gordon being the last winner. That rings a bell in my memory for some reason, but... Yeah, Dale Jr. is having a, a a movie that they put together. I don't know how long it is. It comes on in about 25 minutes from now on his Twitch, apparently, is where they're going to broadcast it. Pretty cool. NASCAR also put up a promotional video on their YouTube, a little 25-second clip uh, showing some of the uh, you know past footage of the North Wilkesboro compared
1: to the iRacing version and so forth. I'm just excited for... Yeah, because we've had a lot of NASCAR tracks that are just getting updated. They haven't really, what was the Roval was technically the last big thing that they've given us, but it's been a while since we've got an actual NASCAR track, new one, right? That we're, you know, that's not just an update.
0: All right. So let's talk about the package. Uh, There was a reference that we were talking about a few minutes ago, Greg, about uh, on the Dale Jr. download about uh perhaps some other goodies are coming out with the track what do you think he's talking about sorry what was that the 87, 87. monte carlo
1: oh okay yeah so there there was some hints at uh, a possibility of there's some something like you're saying goodies that were being added to it so could it be um some people are speculating that it could be the 87 monte carlo to kind of go with that track maybe just a different uh, a different look at it. I, I would guess if Dale Earnhardt was involved, I'm guessing he picked something that would be retro like that if it was a car. But I don't know. Do you guys honestly think it might be a car? He has that car.
0: He's been restoring it uh, this spring and last winter. So uh, he has his uncle working on it, and he's been covering that on his podcast, if you recall.
2: Yeah, I mentioned that earlier, That and we were talking about it on, on TeamSpeak. And somebody's like, well, that wouldn't mean they would have to take it apart and weigh all the parts. But it actually is taken apart. Uh, and being put back together. So it's possible.
0: Well, and, you know, Dale Jr. is the one who made this track scan happen. It wouldn't have happened without his, you know, facilitation, so to speak. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he told iRacing, hey, you can
1: scan this car too as part of part of it. Now, the other question I have, in 87, if it's an 87 Monte Carlo, what would it would have been a Ford, uh, what would it, be in the, it would have been a Ford and a Pontiac then, right? Or the other two that battled with them? Maybe. I don't remember. I can't remember all the manufacturers that were in on 87. Maybe even Dodge. That, that was the year I was... That was the year and so.
2: Well, it might end up being something like the street stock or the national car that just comes from one brand. Maybe they'll do it where you can have multiple different front ends
1: or something. I don't, I don't know. But that'll be interesting to have a new car too if that's if what's going to happen. All right, let's back up to the race. Uh, one of the big highlights,
0: lowlights maybe you want to call it, is William Byron dumping Landon castle for the lead uh what did you guys think of that move um man from landon's point of view i saw his his in-car camera uh he, it looked like
1: he got dumped from his point of view see the racing this that we get over even we're in our on our side i felt like this hap could have happened a lot of times i mean william could have backed up the corner and and done it but who's to say if he backed off maybe he might have gotten run over i i don't know it's william there's no consequences of what they're doing, so that's probably why they did, they're you know they're doing these types of things too, right? Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later and about I, the consequences. Yeah,
2: I don't want to be contrary, but I look at that and it looks like he came down. So,
0: well, he did block and low, but
1: William already has his fender in there before yeah. they even get to the corner. So yeah, so like if you even like if David and I would recognize that on our spotter lights and everything like that would show that somebody's inside. You know, if you're going to cut down in the corner, uh, maybe you're a free game, I guess.
2: there At that point, there's nothing Will can do. He's already there. Uh, and it, um, he probably doesn't even have time to react when the guy does come down.
0: Yeah, Landon, probably, you're right. He probably should have realized, you know, he's on the inside.
1: I can't turn into the corner here. I'm going to have to go up through the middle. And obviously, he would have maybe lost one or two positions instead of being spun out. So sometimes, sometimes the consequences of what you do don't really add up sometimes. And then they did a radioactive,
0: which was pretty good, I thought. Uh, Fox Sports uh, put together uh, a radioactive, you know, about the driver chat and stuff. And it's interesting, the drivers are still talking to each other and stuff. I thought that would kind of be shut down after what happened with Kyle Larson, that nobody would be, everyone would be afraid to talk. But they're not. They're still kind of talking to each other. and.
2: Stuff. Yeah, Denny wasn't too happy with somebody.
0: All right, and then other uh, post-race stuff that came out, uh, we heard from Adam Stern that no money has changed hands in this uh, series uh, between NASCAR, iRacing, and Fox Sports. Uh, There was no contract. It was just a verbal thing. Hey, we're going to do it. And so uh, nobody asked for a payment or money or anything. So
1: kind of cool that that came together like that
2: except for the drivers taking money from sponsors.
1: Well, of course. That's on their end. It's no different than who knows what money is being passed around in the Coke series and things like that too, right? Personal um, sponsorships. But I see, you know, there may not have been money that transferred, but how many subscriptions has iRacing got since? Like, it's, even even if they're it costs them a little bit to do this, they've made money back. Oh, yeah, big time. Because of the
0: increase of exposure is... Priceless, really.
2: And NASCAR was in the forefront being, I mean, NASCAR and iRacing were being covered on national radio show or national sports coverage because it was the only thing that really could happen at the time.
1: Well, and you had, you had NASH, like, uh, legitimate reporters reporting every day on iRacing. Like, what, you never saw that happening, did you?
0: Right. And then the stats came out for the week, uh, 903,000 viewers. That's down from 1.2 million at Dega. Uh, but Dover was still the second most watched sports event of the weekend and number one for the 18 to 49 demographic, which is what NASCAR is craving.
1: I don't know if you've noticed it. It seems like some of the people that have come into IRIS and too seem a little bit younger. If you notice some of the splits have felt a little bit younger with the crowd that's in there.
2: And yeah. we're running with some kids who can who are up in the three thousand rating and actually know what they're doing.
1: Good on them! It's this is something that you know iRacing took advantage of. Obviously, we're in a tough time right now, and they took advantage of it for helping out. They helped each other out. NASCAR and iRacing worked as a team to help each other out, and IndyCar and and any of the other sanctioning world of outlaws. All the things that they did was just there yeah there was some negative points to it but i think as in all in all it was a positive growth that we wouldn't have seen in 2020 without it
2: and we've had you know we've had some criticisms of it and you know we've had some media we uh, we've criticized it ourselves we've we've seen some major media personalities criticize it but overall i think if you were to say did they lose more or gain more in the big picture i think i think they gained more yeah i agree um, and it, it is a little sad to hear to see that a couple of the teams are pulling out of the final race.
0: Yeah, we well, got a list here uh, of who's not participating. And the teams are Penske, Hendrick Motorsports, and Ganassi, and then Daniel Suarez. But to see three big teams like that step back,
1: uh, boy, I think that's saying something. Well, and I think, like, for me, it, like I don't know if you guys saw it the same way that I was talking about it. And it feels like it's a pr and just to save themselves for one last you know not don't let anything happen in the last week type thing before they go back
0: yeah we're now we're going racing let's not do anything
1: kyle larson ish to screw that up right yeah like there's in the last week too i bet you the scrutiny the scrutiny and everything will be a little bit more and and every time you know even some of the was it Adam Stern or whoever said that they were done with iRacing or done, they're, they're, they've are they grown tired of it. Well, that was, uh, Jeff. Gluck. sorry, Jeff Gluck. Um, you know, you, you're, he's done with it, but, you know, they're still reporting on it. So you got to take it for what it is, right? Like you got to be careful. And uh, I I can see Hendrick Motorsports, they got some young drivers and they're trying to keep, you know, keep them going. And maybe who knows, we could be speculating that it's that, but it could be, maybe they have obligations the week before. Maybe they're getting, tr- you know, they got training or something to do to, to get ready for the race. Yeah. One more weekend before they go back to the grind, too, you know, with I, their family. Can't wait. I mean, that's going to be tough on them for this season, but and it's going to be interesting to see twice-a-week races. The no practice,
0: you know, right into the race. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, the other thing is I wanted to say that I've been very uh, uh, critical of the officiating of this series I think Dover uh the officiating was better than I've seen in some of the other races as far as when cautions were thrown and not thrown. Uh it seemed to appear they were throwing cautions when they need to. It wasn't like a, you know, cue the circus music like we've seen in some of the other. So, thank well, you I Racing
1: for changing that up. That's a hard track not to, it it basically has walls on both sides of the track surface. There is no runoff area besides the end of pit road and the starting a pit road right right so when something well, happens it's a mess right
2: yeah but a couple of weeks ago they were not throwing it when there was a car sideways stopped in the middle of the track
1: Yeah,
0: completely stopped yeah they were it was pretty bad you're right
1: they're and I, you know it's a growing pain thing like it, it they're learned lessons like obviously who knows this this has been a good thing that they've done but it's something they've learned and and probably got data and things that they're figuring out maybe it's something that they're they're just they were just trying. Who knows? Yeah.
0: So let's switch gears to IndyCar. Uh, and this one kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, especially at the end. I mean, I thought it was a good race up until that point. Um and man, Lando Norris is the real deal. I mean, I thought he was gonna get his hand his ass handed to him here at the oval, but he showed he put in the hours throughout the week getting ready. And he was on point, guys. He was fast. He was competitive. He was leading near the end. He was well, the car to beat until he got taken out. But before we get into Lando uh, more, let's talk Ferrucci and what he pulled off on at the end of that race. Um, so, as they come around for the final lap, chaos ensued. You know, people were wrecking, people trying to get to the lead. And it ended up at the final straight. Ferrucci and. Uh, one other guy, I forget his name, uh, and Ferrucci, the other guy is going to win the race, okay? Ferrucci's in second. They're kind of side by side. And as they approach the line, I think Ferrucci gets this idea that he was going to wreck the leader and turn into him as a joke or whatever. As SQ, at, Right at SQ, Yeah, right at the you know start-finish line. But he mistimes it. And he turns into him before they even get to the finish line, puts them both into the wall, and somebody else wins the race. What a freaking joke.
1: Well, it's, you know, there was accidents twice within, you know, two spots, right? Like, it didn't look good the way that they had it coming out coming to it. And then once again, so, someone else capitalized and take the win. McLaughlin capitalized and takes the win. And Santino, I mean,
0: Ferrucci Santino, you could see his uh, his in-car or his, you know, Twitch feed or whatever, and he was joking about it. He was like, man, I was trying to, it was fun, it was for the fans, I'm trying to wreck the leader at the line. You know, he was like making like, it was, it was I, he did it on purpose. And then later, uh, there's a, a Twitter from somebody where he did a, like a post-race interview where he was all very apologetic and oh i'm sorry i probably shouldn't have done that and that kind of thing
3: well
1: isn't the worst like we honestly now know that the fear factor is, is a huge thing in motorsports you're never gonna see someone do that uh in an IndyCar car at that speed right. unless you're in the sim like so with having no fear it's easy just to you know think just do it but you know it, it just looks so bad and there's the this whole week came off the rocker here in this this whole IndyCar race. It seemed to boil over. And then because someone else was in this race, it boiled over into another race that we'll talk about soon. But it just didn't look good. So let's talk Lando. I mean,
0: before Ferrucci incident at the end, Lando was leading after some other incidents. And he, he got caught up in a, a previous lap with uh, Simon Paginol. And Simon ended up wrecked. And it was a racing incident. It wasn't really Lando wrecked Simon or anything like that. But on Simon's Twitch feed, he's indicated while he was on pit road, uh, where is Lando kind of thing. I'm going to go find Lando. And sure enough, he went back on track. He was going really, really slow out of uh, three and four. I think it was turn four near the pit entrance. Uh, Probably about less than half speed, And as the leaders came around, he, uh, kind of maneuvered himself to be right in front of Lando and Lando couldn't miss him. And Lando Norris plowed right into him and, uh, ruined his race.
2: Yeah. Any, any regular iRacer does that. It's a vacation automatic.
1: And this is the whole thing we're talking about. Like the standards seem to be starting to change depending on what your name is and what you bring to iRacing, right? Well, it's disgusting to me. Um, I,
0: you know, we take this racing seriously, uh, all of us do, and we race for the sport of it, you know, and we don't treat it like a video game. And so when you get these professional racers going on, you know, national television and turning, you know, our sport into a mockery, and that's what they've done, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for iRacing. It's embarrassing for motorsports. Uh, I thought Simon Pagino was... One of those guys who took it seriously, he's been wearing his freaking fire suit while he's I racing, you know, and for him to do that, I was shocked. I was just, I thought he was above that and, uh, lost a huge amount of respect for Simon that he did
1: that. Well, don't you find it ironic that when Scott speed did that intentional thing, they were wanted the book thrown at him, but now we're here and it's like, Oh, it's okay. It's acceptable. Right. Like, Scott Speed did that one time. He intentionally tried to wreck that guy twice and gets thrown out for a while. And then these guys are doing it in a, you know, a sanctioned race that's televised. And it's and on his Twitch channel, he's admitting it. And it just seems like the, the rules have changed.
0: Yeah, and then Lando even did, like, a interview after the race and talking about it. and He said, because uh, the guy gets a bit salty that a non-IndyCar driver is about to win the Indy race... He just ruins it. And so he wasn't real happy about it. And I wouldn't be either. It was uh, it was total BS, to tell you the truth.
1: Well, and I don't know... From some of the things I listen to, like the F1 crowd... The F1 fan overseas is a little bit different than obviously us. Over here, we kind of look at F1 one way. And F1 looks at NASCAR and IndyCar another way, from their point of view. And this right here doesn't help that that view of it, right? Like, the the... Over, over, overseas, they see oval or the NASCAR is just guys running around us, you know, in circles and IndyCar isn't as popular. So they don't, you know, it's like a wannabe F1 racing thing. And then the F1 guy, we, you know, we think sometimes the F1, you know, can be snooty or things like that. These don't help perceptions of, of racing, right. But in both sides. No, not at all. And, um, like I said,
0: I, I really didn't like it. Uh, the for- the people on the forums didn't like it either. Other iRacers, uh, there's several forum threads about it. Uh, I found one where one iRacer here, I thought he summed up what everybody is feeling really well. So I'm going to read his post. It's Michael Smith 41 from California. He said, quote, as a fan, I'm pretty disappointed right now. I really liked the first weeks of racing and saw some good racing at times but it's become clear to me that a lot of these guys don't have a good moral compass and just aren't people I'd want to race with. You ever hear the saying, don't ever meet your idols? I think this falls into that same category. I hope they ban Ferrucci and Simon. No excuse for that type of behavior from a pro. It's downright disgusting if I'm honest. I don't know how clean of a racer Lando is, but I appreciate the amount of time and effort he's put into this so that he could win. Unfortunately, rather than match his level of effort, the other racers retreat into childish tactics. I think I'm done watching these virtual races. It was fun while it lasted, but I've seen enough to know that this is
1: only going to continue. Well, and we'll get into the Lando afterwards, what he did later on, but that's, you know, that is perfectly well said there. I, I That's a, a great point of view, and, you know... I don't want to see, I want to see competition. Like we've been talking about, you know, dreading this week, working or driving at Martinsville because we know it's going to be caution fest and things like that. I want to see competitive racing and these guys should be professional enough to give that to us. Right. And, and be, and not make it look like a joke. And then, and then they get it all well, and then get out of the car and say, well, Oh, it's just a video game. Well, you can't come in and say we're racing in a SIM and taking it seriously. And then because it didn't go your way, you can just bash it, right? Or wreck the field or wreck the leaders. And that's what Simon Pagito did.
0: It's BS. Uh, Another guy, uh, Robin Truswell, also started a thread. um, And he had a lot to say about this. Uh, But in summary, uh, he came down to say this. He said, how can we as a community and iRacing itself Learn from this and move forward to prevent incidents both like this and Larson's from occurring in the future to ensure that iRacing remains a fun, competitive, and professional place for all. And I believe the answer to this is, like I said last week, iRacing should have, from the beginning, parked Bubba Wallace, parked Larson, obviously they did, and parked everybody else who was doing retaliation and doing stuff against the sporting code. And stuff like we saw in this IndyCar race, Simon and Ferrucci need to be banned. They don't need to be in another race with stuff like that going on. And yeah, it's, sh- it's, it's silly because you know, four days later on Wednesday, you got Ferrucci in a, in the chili bowl, you know, and, and, and uh, he's doing iRacing again and, and he's not presenting a good picture for
1: iRacing. I really isn't. Well, and they, basically what they need to do is, follow the rules they set from day one that they've been hammering home that they 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 put on all of us don't and and then the worst the thing that, that'll get ahead that'll make more sense to them uh is when their sponsor goes why are you not in this race and someone like was it david reagan that couldn't get in the race no who oh michael mcdowell should be in that race trying to represent a sponsor. Instead of getting into some of these things that are going on. Like I totally agree with you, Mike. They need to they should have just been the sanctioning body that they've always been for. Right. Us. They
0: just let this stuff slide because they're NASCAR superstars and we gotta have everybody in the show and it you know, it's crap.
1: That's like NASCAR letting a car go through tech with okay, you're at Daytona and oh you don't you don't have a restrictor plate or a throttle body or whatever reducer in it. Uh, for the thing uh ah, it's fine just go ahead type thing right like it's just it doesn't make any sense if you if you have rules and you want to be taking seriously do it seriously people will they'll have a backlash on it but eventually they will get it and i think that obviously with some having drivers pull out of races shows that they got it seeing what happened with you know losing a sponsor losing losing your career possibly you're going to eventually get it
0: well, we talked about the net effect of everything with the virus has been positive for Iris. But I think the point of this is it could have been a lot more positive if they would have officiated this correctly from the beginning.
1: Like I don't remember I don't remember time in motorsports that had so much going on in a short span for something that shouldn't have should have been so easy. Do you not do not I think this should have been easy. Do you not believe so? Like it feels like it was really, really hard. Um to to just to, to go smooth with this like i get the, the technical part and doing all that stuff but i just feel like for professionals to just get on a sim drive a car and then get out like it it should have been easy and a pr pr uh, bliss for them
0: yeah but the problem is is when bubba and clint boyer start going after each other and they don't park them that's the freaking problem. They should have parked him. You know, they need to nip this in the bud. So when Ferrucci's at the last lap of the IndyCar race, he doesn't think, oh, I'm going to turn this guy and and we're going to go across the line upside down.
1: And I don't you know? understand why Ferrucci did that. He, he had the pull. I don't know if he might have got to him at the line, but it would have looked really good. And that would have been a great moment for the end of that race. And instead, what are we here arguing for another 10 minutes over it? extra (laughs) it's crazy
0: all right let's so indycar and nascar weren't the only embarrassments this week let's talk about super cup or or super cup yeah that's what it is
2: well i i didn't see anything listed on here that looked particularly embarrassing but it looked like uh no i'm sorry
0: david i i I think i meant to say the supercars but
1: i'm going out of order am i okay yeah David, take that one right now. We'll, we'll get down to the next yeah. one after it.
2: Sebastian Job takes, uh, takes it in the Porsche Tag Heuer Super Cup, uh, by iRacing. And, uh, we also have a tweet here showing some of the, some video footage from it. And that yeah, it was a uh, job on the race. Yep. And that's uh, about all the details we have on it.
0: It was a good video, uh. They put up about a minute long of uh, the battle between Rogers and Job uh, for the win. A lot of side-by-side uh, going through the road course. It's really interesting to watch those guys go
2: at it. So much car control. I, I, you get guys at my skill level, and we usually crash if we try to do that for, for very long. Yeah,
0: so the points uh, after the first race, Sebastian Job, Graham Carroll, Josh Rogers, Tommy Ostegaard, and Brian Lockwood, top five okay Okay. supercars or super cup what's the difference
1: i'm gonna move down to the supercar one here and we'll go back up to the topics after that so to follow up what we were talking about um we'll first start off with the crazy finish uh that uh van geese is it van Giesberg and mclaughlin had at the uh the finality here and man what a race they i don't know if you guys saw it on the twitter uh feed here for the supercars but uh, the race back to the line was ridiculous. Uh, and that the last corner or the, the chicane, um, dive bomb was almost pulled off perfectly. And, uh, but it was really good to see, uh, uh it was Dyson, like a... left and right and in and out. And... Yeah. And, and they were, you know, that's how it should be raced. That's how you, you know, after a whole bunch of time, um, you know, these cars are still after, uh. I don't know how I, I don't remember how many laps this race was but they were still close together and and competitive like this like it was had five or six cars racing for the win there Well the, when the leaders came to the lot la- to the final corner the leader got into
0: the second place and turned them both into the wall and so he lost the race
1: right there at the very end what a heartbreak Yeah it's it was a, I find that those cars are one of the the most entertaining races I found those guys the one thing that we haven't we haven't been covering much of it, but they've seemed pretty quiet with what's been going on up until this week <laughs> of what's taken place. And um, this is another I feel like Lando Norris didn't help himself here after trying to be an innocent bystander in the Indies car series and then does something moronic um, in this thing here. So he was a, a, a guest or wildcard entry, I guess is what they're calling him for the spa race here. And um, so the details, I haven't seen the full thing on it, but uh, from what you said, he backed up pit road and blocked the end, Mike, or he was trying, Yeah, there's a video in that
0: link. If you look, um, there's a big wreck and it's right near the entrance to pit road. And so he is just past the entrance of pit road. So he decides to kind of go backwards on the track to get, into the entrance of pit road so he can get a fast repair, I I presume. And so he has to back up maybe 10 or 15 feet. It's not enough to get a, a black flag, but when he does, there's another car trying to do the same thing. He runs into that car and then they end up blocking the pit lane entrance completely. He's like sideways stuck between the two walls and another car is coming into the pit lane and barrels into him. And it's just a,
1: a huge disaster. And technically, that would be a week holidays if you did that in iRacing right now. Yeah, you can't go backwards college. on track to get back into the pit lane. It just doesn't. I don't know. I I get exactly how people are feeling now. They 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 oversaturated the amount of races and everything that was televised, and now people are are tired of it. And now, when iRacing is going to be talked about, say like the one thing I'm worried about is is. What this kind of effect does, as um, what do we have four races for the Coke Series that is supposed to be televised in the fall? Um, I'm worried that those will be looked upon differently if somebody, you know, changes their clicker to. They're clicking through TV channels in the fall when they're on and say, oh, it's iRacing. I don't want to watch it type thing. But these guys aren't the guys that did all the problems that caused on the iRacing stuff, right?
0: Right. But they. But I think there's a conveyance in the mainstream of now because of all these different incidents. It's like,
1: oh, iRacing, that, that's a video game where they wreck each other and stuff, right? Yeah. And I feel like iRacing went from being the simulator and talked about, like, we all still talk about it the way that we're supposed to. But in the media or and some people's eyes, it's now been moved into the NASCAR heat section. Do you not feel that? Yeah, I've,
0: we've talked about it in our chats because it's it's concerning. I, I you know I, I'm kind of mad about it because it is a concern. You know, we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about our racing, trying to promote it, and you see these negative things happening because of the lack of officiating is really what it comes down to. I don't think they need to ban these guys just like they'd ban us if we did it. Ban hammer time. Let's keep moving. Greg, uh, a quick reminder that they are still broadcasting the NIS open top split on Friday nights. And I've been enjoying this broadcast. I kind of watch it on Saturday, actually.
1: So it's the, so the iRacing Esports Network is, is publishing right. it here on the uh, YouTube page. And man, the quality of it looks really good. I don't, I haven't, uh, tuned into it, but, um, it looks like it's being taken or being represented very well in this. Um, the broadcast
0: this, is good. The, the quality, uh, the team announcing, I don't know who
1: they are, but they're really good. This wasn't one of the races Adam was in, was it?
0: Could be. I don't know. But that's what I've been kind of looking at him for just to kind of check his they- races.
2: Adam actually missed most of uh, Dover because he was building his new rig. Oh,
0: yeah,
1: that's right. He would have missed this one.
0: There's a lot of Coke drivers in these races. They run it as a test race kind of thing, I think. And uh, as you look through the running order, um, yeah, you'll see a lot of familiar names. Some good racing. I mean, if you guys want some quality product, uh, this is it. And guess what? There's no officiating. It's it's an official race. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Indy 500 fixed. They changed the time slightly. I don't know what they were before, but I got the new times. Uh, They said circumstances have dictated a change in the schedule uh, for uh, May 8th through the 10th is the fixed Indy 500. The first attempt is Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, then Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, Sunday, 9
1: a.m. Eastern, and then Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Wasn't it two on Saturday and one on Sunday before? It looks like they moved a time slot first to Sunday. There's probably some conflict with uh, Porsche or something else. I don't know. Well, next week, that'll be interesting next week because that'll be the... uh, I guess next week could be considered an off week, will it not? Because it would be the all-star race in the Cup Series. Oh, yeah. The following week would be... So then we have the 500 open is the next weekend, and then the following weekend would be... The coke 600 right right okay david the bmw sim 120
0: cup
2: so this sunday we're gonna have a race at nuremberg gp at first when i saw nuremberg i was like no way i want to do this but um the gp track is actually really fun uh so it's 510 is sunday right i'm not getting my days mixed up yeah yeah so 510 is sunday it's, the, it's just like the other races that have been in this series they're running 120 minutes. You got to run two drivers. It's starting sim time at noon. It's starting 1300 GMT, which is right now what minus four for Eastern time, so nine o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Um, and it's going to be the BMW M8 setup is open. The top split prizes are 1200 for first place, 600 for second, and 300 for third.
0: Wow, cash for an official race. That's pretty cool. Uh you think you can run it or you have that car?
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We were, I've I've run one with uh, a a friend, Jack Delmage once, I think. And uh, me and Tom, or no, me and Richie from over from Elite Rest ran one of the other ones. I think it was Daytona. Um, The only, it'll be the same time as uh, the Sunday morning NIS. So it'll depend. Well, but this is, yeah, it'll depend, I guess, on um, if I get a decent finish at Martinsville or not, Friday night. Right,
0: if you get a top five or something, yeah. Okay. All right, Greg. Boxers or briefs?
1: Oh my God! So uh, when you're not the fastest car on the track, so you have to resort to uh, some mind games to keep the competition behind you. Uh, the iracers la- uh, iracers dot uh, com Twitter page <laughs> posted an image um, with a with a stern sentence saying, "Which one of you was responsible for this?" But it's a picture of. I'm guessing they're trying to be Matty D when he first showed the, uh, the day he was uh first time he wanted to race in his boxers. Uh, it's the whole pit crew in just their uh, boxers uh, doing it. and With red hearts on them. Man, it's creepy because the, st- the, the skin with the uh, suit kind of looks like leathery because of it. it just I was thinking yeah. Hannibal
0: Lecter either wearing a, a flesh suit.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's a really good. analogy on it. Oh. But yeah, their legs is. look kind of
0: thick, right?
2: Clarice.
1: <laughs> it's funny that they're getting ready to service the Indy car too. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I can appreciate it. Someone uh, someone definitely took the time and uh, created something really well. So whoever did do it, I don't know if somebody actually. Um, uh, said who did it, but it it just put a whole discussion of some of the different things that people have put for uh, suits and it or for uh, pit crew outfits, and it's good to
0: see. Now Ray Alfala replied on Twitter saying it was definitely Casey Tucker
1: who. <laughs> I can neither confirm or deny," says Casey.
0: And that Yarl well that's,
2: that's an admission, right there, isn't it?
1: And then Yarl Tien.
0: Another coke driver, he said, working from home, pit crew, maybe. <laughs>
1: well, wouldn't you have to have a business like your your top half would you know like a business suit? Normally, people put business suit and then then underneath it's like boxers while they're sitting at a table, yeah, right under the desk, right? Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, they're thinking about safety though, still, because they're wearing the helmets, but they forgot they forgot the mask,
0: face mask, right? So how about the uh, pace car, race car? <laughs> so that's a Ford Mustang uh, race car, but somebody has painted it just like the iRacing paint, uh, pace car. So it's got the same pace, uh, paint as the pace car. That's a tongue twister. And, uh, it kind of, you have to do a double take. Cause when you first look at it, you think you're looking at a picture of the pace car. I kind of like these,
1: both these topics because both of them are really interesting thinking of what they're trying to do there when they paint something, right? Like, so you're you're
0: running on the track and you come upon this car in front of you, do you all of a sudden say, oh, you hesitate and hey, well, am I supposed to be behind it or wait?
2: Well, I'd, probably not because when you're in a road course, there's never cautions anywhere, so you're not your brain's not tri- ready to trigger for that. Even when the yellow flashes, you don't slow down. Uh, <laughs> the
1: best tw- I've seen this scheme lead many many races.
2: <laughs> Very good, especially but- at Martinsville.
1: <laughs> this car has caused more dqs than anyone uh the other thing i was gonna say if you really want to know if it was the uh, real pace car or not just run up on it and hit at the back bumper you'll know right away see if he can go ghost through it right
2: <laughs> well that, that'd be a great excuse if you actually intentionally wreck him just say i thought it was the pace car i thought i could drive through it
1: well it's not even the same car though right like if they, they have a different look to them right i was gonna say that I can't even picture what the pace car looks like right now, but I don't. Think I'm it am sure has David, a wing. You, David, you've had a lot of time behind. It's you. a Mustang without, without a wing. Night, wing. You? Yeah,
2: you should know what it looks like. Um, no, because I was always like eighth or ninth. I was too far back.
1: Well, and it was screaming around at what 110 around in the pace lab, right?
2: Uh, it was going faster than some of the drivers in some of those a-open splits. <sighs> They'll never fix that. Supposedly they will. There's, they're they've said it's on their radar. In a, in a thread i started a forum thread in fact i guess we are we're being a little organic here i was going to hit this later but the pace car is too fast at it is too fast has it's anyone going... gone down
1: a... oh there's a... never mind that's part of more tweets never mind it's I, like what five mile an hour too fast
2: it's 10 miles an hour too fast it's going 45 miles an hour and the crew chief handout that's given out at at martinsville says 35 um, they, but they, somebody actually made a post as well. And they, they linked it, the, that thread in my thread, uh, that somebody in the admin said, they're looking at it. It's not, not necessarily a priority. Um, then somebody else replied, well, it's been eight years. Um, <laughs> it's, it's going too fast. You cannot pit from P 15 and get all four tires. It nobody should be can, a priority. Nobody sorry, can that... get lined up nobody can wave arounds can't get back to the field in time it's 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 got to be slowed down <laughs> i don't know how much coding goes into that but it's it's broken
3: it, okay it like that forever here's what though. they
1: need to do they need to take poconos or poconos pace car speed and martinsville and switch them and there we go <laughs> no poconos pace
2: car speed is like 80. <laughs> no
1: but i'm saying the the percentage was of what it's doing per for the
2: track yeah, I don't know why they
1: have it so fast, but it's it's because Bristol's it's not be even that down.
2: bad, or yeah.
1: Dover. Dover's not that fast.
2: No, it's not. It's none of the A car tracks except for Martinsville does it become an issue? It's just it's too fast for the size of the track and the speed of the pit pit lane.
0: You should be need able to do to, what NASCAR does. What fast? What speed do they run the pace car at?
2: I, like I said before, the pace car speed on the crew chief handout is thirty five.
0: Well there you go. So it's broke. And if the pro invitational race was racing at Martinsville, I bet you 100 bucks it'd be fixed.
1: Well, and it just you should be able to make a pit stop with tires and not go a lap down. That that there shouldn't be any problems with that.
0: So what did I tell the team before we ran? I said if you're 12th or farther back, do not take four tires under any circumstances because you'll lose a lap. And that's why.
2: Yep, I've just been I I was just taking two or just pulling in to fix damage and clearing everything. And by the, by the time I landed in my pit, the pace car was nine seconds behind on relative.
0: Yeah. Forget about damage. It's impossible. Let's keep moving. If
2: you don't take tires, if you skip tires and fuel, you can get a little bit, you can get about 15 seconds or about 11 to 15 seconds per stop.
1: Teammate Tom will get five minutes worth done on it in Martinsville. I bet you. All right. So we had snail racer, Annie
0: Hall, uh, Annie, Annie, I forget her last (laughs) name. Oh, you're going to get
2: Larry mad at me. Watch it. It's Annie Annie,
0: Hall. She got a podium the other day in one of her videos. That was interesting. She's getting real uh, kind of aggressive out there going for, uh, uh, it's interesting to see her progress.
2: Yeah, and um, especially she's getting really familiar with that car, uh, that Skippy, which I can't stand because I watch her go into those turns, and if I take a turn like that in a sports car, i'm going around it's, it's it's wild how they can sling that car around um they're actually going to start running gt3s i think pretty next season but we have a, yeah about once a month they put on a community race and it's basically mo- a lot of people who watch the videos and hang out on their discord and visit with them um and we're running at spa with the mx5 tcr and gt4 and it's going to be broadcasted this time around on gsrc which those guys also do a lot of the majors leagues broadcast and um i don't remember the exact race time i think it's two o'clock my time but I'd, I'd, i didn't write that down and this youtube link will actually go to that live broadcast it's already scheduled it's live and there you go i'm All running right. the i'm running the tcr i don't I, I don't own the gt4 and i'm the mx5 is about as bad as the skippy as far as it doesn't drive like the cars i'm used to
0: Excited to see Annie uh, get her first win. I know it's on the on the way. Uh, by the way, she's racing out there. So keep knocking on the door. You're getting close, uh, Greg. Uh, one of my old heroes, Jeff Green, has uh, lost his rookie stripe.
3: I uh,
1: when I first read this, I quickly glanced at it and put my name beside it for a topic, and I thought it was said Jeff Gordon, and it was like, uh, and then I took a double take. I'm like, Jeff Green. Okay, so that's the old. Uh, he raced, what, in the or in late, early 90s? Late 90s? Yeah, when he was a Bush finished? champion. Yeah. Used to be in the Nesquik car, I think. Silver hair. Yeah, silver hair. Yeah. The three brothers. or One of them is a NASCAR official. Yeah, so he lost his uh, rookie's license and is now in the D-class uh, ovals. So uh, look out for uh, Jeff Green. I never would have thought Jeff
0: Green would ever be on iRacing. I wonder if it has to do
2: with the virus and the Pro Invitational and all that. Well, even Kenny Wallace got on it. I don't wow. think I was ever—I was—I don't think I was ever going to talk him into doing it, on, or anybody. But you know, he's—he's still running dirt cars like crazy up in up in the Midwest. So, um, yeah, didn't he do the Snowball Derby? Cool. On Wednesday, I think he was involved in involved in it. All right. Let's talk about the new Martinsville. We
0: uh, got some updates, including uh, nights uh, lights, and yeah, we, have, uh, we got to run in under the dark.
2: We have new sponsors, safer barriers, and yes, night lights, but not a fixed pace car. I had to add that to that wasn't actually originally on the script, but I put it in there. We got a few Instagram shots, and it is really cool seeing the lights up there. And it's it's the lights that they actually installed at the track because I've been there at the night races uh, in real person in real life. Um, and somebody had said something at some point about the curb is being changed too, and I don't know if it was actually the physics of the curbs or just the color of the curb. But uh, yeah, Tony had, something said something was changed there.
1: Something changed. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was either. I think they went. They were a yellow curb last year, but they went up to uh, these this uh, red and white uh, reflective little well, the reflective colors stripe. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it's raised a bit more.
2: And since they just added it, somebody put in a request, hey, can we run at night? And Tyler said, well, how about we start in the sunset, and it'll go in night. And that's what's happening for NIS.
0: So they changed the time of the server, or the sim time, so it would be a night race. Uh, when it was scheduled as a day race, now, first of all, I want to ask, do you guys have a problem with that, uh, that late change? What about the people that were practicing their sets during the daytime? Uh, does it screw them?
2: Only a little. It's it just means tighter. Okay. You're not you're not gonna completely I don't know, I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not good at sets, but I I ran I ran it I ran the eight opens and it was
1: was, huh? Here's a good question. Mike, did it affect you that it changed with your practice time? (laughs) There it's like ninety percent of the NIS crowd then won't be affected.
3: Oh, no kidding.
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I liked
2: it I, I
0: thought it was cool at night um it was I had definitely no a little
2: it. faster it was definitely a little faster um and tighter but other than that it, it wasn't that different and it visually looked cool sorry
1: mike i didn't mean to throw you into the bus
0: no that's okay i i did walk into that without any practice and got a top five yeah uh-huh. i know
1: which is like you've been doing that week after week
0: yep all right let's talk season two patch number eight holy cow uh They did a release, uh, like they've been doing almost weekly now. Should we Uh, say this is the last one now? Last patch before the build? Because you ain't going to see any more after this. Well, notice the NASCAR racing is stopping as well. And that probably is why we're going to stop seeing builds. You know, because they're not changing these tracks because they're going to race out of next week. But anyway, uh, the big change was uh, the qualifying conduct scrutiny system has been re-enabled. So we talked about this previously. Apparently it didn't work and they must have turned it off, but now it's back on and um, it's going to prevent unrealistic preparation exploits. Generally speaking, officials expect a driver to pull out under control, get up to speed relatively quickly, and complete their qualifying laps in a timely and controlled manner. This must be
1: implemented because of the Yeah, but I'm thinking it's done on Martinsville here. The heat, you know, having heat in your tires can really affect your qualifying lap. Because you only get two laps and it's really hard to get heat into them.
2: Well, I remember reading somewhere that they're implementing it only at certain top level series.
0: I think it was C and above. I remember somewhere I said, I thought he posted on the C truck that they were doing it there. And I think they were doing it on the Porsche
2: series as well. I, know when it, I, I don't know if it had been implemented or not, but I know one time I had I had spun out on the checkered flag lap and reset, so I had not taken the checkered flag, so I couldn't actually complete another lap. So I just tried to see if I could get it to, to give me a warning, and I wasn't able to. I
1: haven't seen a warning yet. I don't I usually seen, fool seen around. anybody complaining about a warning either. Usually you'd have a form post or something about it. Right. I haven't yeah. seen squat. Okay, we got a nice video from...
0: Uh, landing castle this was
1: we were going to cover this last week but we ran out of time last to go for this is him talking about how he learned the nurbur ring for um was it tw- it was a 12 hours and or is it a 24 hour race was it twelve? It was or 24 24 okay so 24 24. okay so he uh he posted a very detailed um breakdown of how he learned you know giving Learned uh, with VRS and stuff, learning how to, to drive um, the Nürburgring, which, you know, it's a tough track. Um, and, you know, I really like the way he, he showed, every, you know, how this was all done and stuff. Um, it was interesting that he was using VRS's telemetry on a YouTube thing. He must have had okay, maybe OK to do that. But maybe it's a good showcase for them to get some people to purchase VRS as well. So either way. Um, but this is, uh, this garnered about almost a thousand views and, uh, um, good for him to, uh, you know, just talk about how you learn such a difficult track. Cause I know David, you said you were trying to learn and it. it took a while too for you.
2: Yeah, I'm still, still really slow there. And luckily the, the guy that was needing drivers didn't need me. So I didn't run it. I was 30 seconds off his pace.
0: This is a fascinating video. If you want to learn how to learn to be a road course driver he tells you how to analyze, how to figure out breaking points, to look for landmarks, to pick a landmark, uh, corner speed, looking at data like VRS data. If you're new or if you want to learn how to run, this is very valuable because if you don't know how to practice or don't know how to, you know, you just go out and run the, the course, you're not doing it right. You got to do it like he's doing it where you really analyze what you're doing you 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 look at your corners. You try to determine how to make them better, and that's how you get better. And I'm really bad at this. And I watched part of this video, and I was impressed. I was like, "Wow, I really need to sit down and just analyze this."
2: Yeah, I am. Uh, this is starting to turn into a VRS commercial, and we're not getting any money from them. In fact, they're getting my money. One of the best things, though, that comes out of my uh, subscription is. As I'm learning a new track, I'll go watch the video. Um, and those coaches will tell you about each corner, a, a good mark to use, and you can see the throttle trace. They can tell you if this is a good place to get hard on the throttle. Like we're at Sonoma this week, and I've never run the EMSA cars there before. So, one of the really important details to learn about Sonoma that I didn't really know about going through the back stretch section with all those soft curves is to not come all the way off the throttle because when you do the car gets too far forward and it loses its handling. If you stay at about 20% throttle and you then the car's handling it doesn't turn loose on you. And I wouldn't have, I would have never learned that if I had not watched that video.
0: Um, I just put in a second link that we got just a couple hours ago if you guys want to look at it uh, of the new Landon Castle video for this week. And it's How to Save Tires at Dover. And boy, this is on my watching list for sure, guys, because you know me. I need to learn how to save tires. I'm horrible at it. And if I can learn something by watching Landon, I'm going to definitely do it. So I'll be checking out his video later tonight for sure. Is it just me or does he have one of the coolest brand logos as well? Yeah, it's a little name logo thing, yeah. It's pretty cool. You know he's only got 147 subscribers on his YouTube channel. I thought, wow, you think he would have more than that? But okay.
2: Well, speaking of well, speaking of Dover, um, we talked about this last week, and we got a tweet from winner Nick Ottinger where he received his miniature version of the Monster Mile trophy. Well, and
1: and the funny thing is here, um, Nick tweeted this, but he has it right next to his sim seat, and then sim seats. Uh, retweeted it, um, uh, asking, I think, if uh, he, if he would let uh, Miles sit in the seat at all. And uh, Nick said it only for a second, and then I had to get back in. Uh,
0: I, my thought is, Nick, you need to take a better picture. It's a pretty crappy picture. <laughs> it's all dark, and it's kind of hard to see. But uh, he's just trying to show it next to his rig, I guess. He
2: had his flash on, but he probably didn't have any lights on in the room.
0: And I was also looking to see uh, what paint job the car had. I can't tell if it's his paint job or not. It kind of looks like
1: it's not.
3: I think
0: it's
1: a generic car that was on it. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's because he runs Logitech. It's just the Dover 20 car that they would have been for 2020 that they put on the trophy beforehand. And then at the end of the race, they take the uh, size and put the right one on. Like, I'm sure... If Nick uh, went and could get one painted up, it would probably uh, a one sixty fourth would fit in there perfectly. Pretty cool. I'd love to have one of those trophies uh, for my office. Very jealous, Nick. Pretty cool. What? Is, before we get on to the next one, what are your favorite? What is your guys' favorite trophies in NASCAR? The Bristol one. The clock. I think the uh, the Texas with the with the two pistols is kind of cool. Or the boots for the next the other race, right? They have pistols for one. Those pistols are nice, other. yeah.
0: I, I've been to uh, the Penske Museum in Scottsdale, Arizona. He has a dealership there, but he also has a museum where he keeps uh, a bunch of his old Indy cars and that won the Indy 500 stuff. But he also has Rusty's Wallace uh, cup car he won Bristol with, as well as the Bristol Trophy. And that trophy is like a traditional trophy. like a, It looks like a cup, you know. But it's huge. It's like, you know, you could put 10 gallons of beer in it, you know, and drink it like a cup. It's this massive, massive trophy. Anyway, moving on, uh, we got an article here from RCR Racing, Richard Shoulders Racing, talking about how their paint schemes make the journey from the track to the simulator. And it's an article they put up on their website about John Dragonetti, who is a painter in iRacing. I've... uh, seen or heard of his name before but uh, he is an eye racer who does painting and he actually does all the paint jobs for the rcr guys and this is the article basically A Q&A with john dragonetti about how he got involved in painting
1: uh, how he got involved doing richard childress painting and so forth that's it's such a There's different aspects that this has all brought out. And and, and this is just another aspect because each week these guys got to get, you know, have their cars with the sponsors and and represent it properly. And these guys in behind the scenes that are doing it are, are, you know, are the true ones that are, you know, getting it done, right? Like we have, (laughs) this week has been a big week on our team for painting. Um, Bobby Jonas, our painter, has been doing a lot of stuff. And I know David's been painting and so has Tom. It's just, it's one of the, Really cool aspects to um, show show you know there's talent your talent but also just you know show your personality on a car too if it's not one that's a specific sponsor.
2: Yeah, Tom put together this really nice looking uh, Memorial Day scheme that he was going to run, and I was like, well, doggone it! Now I got to make one. Um, so I I actually used the spec map and took a took it and put it on just over a, a plain colored, but but I used. A digital camo background as the spec map and it looks pretty cool now
1: mike i i don't know if you you said this and is, is he the actual guy that creates these ones for them like in real life for the richard Childress too yeah if you
0: read the article you'll he, he does say that some have made to real cars as well that he's painted
1: because i was wondering they all got painted pretty quick when they came over to the pro invitational and i know some of them are out there but they're not completely accurate I wonder how many of these teams use their actual guy that, you know, does the does the stuff on the computer that converts it to the to the race to cow, right? Right.
2: Well, I don't know what software they use, but I would I know Bobby uses a vector based software. Um, and he's definitely our best painter. So they, they probably it's probably a similar skill set and they just have to use the correct template and make sure it fits on that car instead of instead of the real rendered three D car.
0: When we the could. Pro Invitational started, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the teams had to go to trading paints to get their
1: paint on such short notice. Of- probably pretty good. You're probably right. I mean, some of these guys can, like Bobby Jonas, can, if he spends time on it, he can turn around one in one night. Yeah,
0: but I mean, if you're looking for, you know, if you're Brad Keselowski and you need a Miller light car, you can find one. You can find one of every generation. <laughs> right. All right. We got a shout out, David.
2: Yeah, I was uh, running, I don't remember which track. Oh, it was Spa, Le Mans. Le Mans was at Spa, and I had a viewer, Jimmy Boomtown, hang out with me for most of the whole race. Unfortunately, I, as I was talking to him, I short pitted and turned left up too far at the pit wall and actually hooked my left rear tire into into the pit road entry um, and destroyed the car. But it was nice having, having a conversation going for the whole race.
0: Didn't he think it was his fault? He was just he distracting
2: was you. Well. No, he was uh, no. It wasn't a distraction at all. I actually just was trying to, because I was trying. I had a car running about the same speed as me that was being. What, get,
1: was he on your inside trying
2: to pit? No, no, no. I, we were. He was a little bit. <laughs> oh God! Don't bring that back. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I just I was just trying to get in and really make some time up, even in that little turn in, and I cut it
0: too soon. Okay. Housekeeping notes. Uh, we have show notes where you can click on every link we have. It's in the description of every podcast. Uh, don't forget to send in your, uh, show I- or story ideas to email at, uh, iRacersLounge at gmail.com Just send me a link. No other explanation necessary. Uh, we want raw links of anything iRacing related guys, and we'll get it on the show. Don't forget we're in regular rotation over there at the Performance Motorsports Network, where you can also find the Dirty Rubber or the Burning Rubber Radio show. And I understand from Chris Gales, they might have uh, challenged <laughs> gaunt- us to a the race or something.
1: Been thrown down. I think they're throwing a they're throwing a gauntlet at us. Oh, are we gonna pick it up? I guess we have no choice, do we? I think, you know, we gotta represent the lounge, right? All right, let's do it. So uh, we'll take on uh, Burning Rubber Radio. Let's do it. And the other thing, I think we're gonna, I gotta add to our uh, Facebook page too. I think uh, I'm gonna collect all the guys' uh, Twitch channels and um, anything. We all switch, we all mostly page, but um, also we'll just put up our Twitch channel so that everybody can get them off the uh, Irisers Lounge podcast Facebook page too. Yeah, we actually have that kind
0: of st- those links are actually in the description of the podcast as well so if you scroll down in there you'll see links to everybody's personal either twitter or twitch okay let's jump to hardware software first a rig review of marcos ambrose
2: yeah and glancing through the video there's not a whole lot we can say on the rig he does keep it covered when he's not driving i guess really keep it dusting it looks like a semi-cube wheel he's got a huge boom for his uh webcam and uh, uh, he actually has seat belts, and that's all we ever see in the rig.
0: Yeah, it, it's a motion rig, though, if you notice. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he's on a motion rig. I, I didn't think he'd okay. be motion. And he's VR, too.
3: Yep. He's it's pretty,
1: pretty a hardcore guy, right? He's a pretty hardcore guy. Like, I would think that he would have the best of the best, just knowing the way he kind of was. Yeah, and if you
0: check uh, the video later oh. on where it shows footage of him, uh man, that motion cockpit is like jostling him around. I was thinking, boy, it's good he has seat belts on. They might throw him out of the rig. I mean it was really moving. I don't know what kind of cockpit it is, but it's very interesting.
2: It's a uh, very space efficient too. It's kind of kind of like mine is I'm squeezed in just basically the kitchen area or not the kitchen area, the dining room area of my apartment. Um, but th- that is the one nice thing about when you go into VR, you don't have to have the big triple monitor stands up. So he just has his TV up on the wall, which kind of doubles as
0: a TV. Okay, and then talk about Dream Rigs. Uh,
1: what do we got at Dream Simulation? <sighs> so, if you want to rent a simulator, uh, I was trying. I think this was in Australia. If I remember, correctly. I'm trying to remember yeah. where this was last year. Australia. Um, you can rent one as a a group or to just train i guess uh i think they're really trying to focus on uh training somebody with uh um with an actual expert uh on this very uh sophisticated rig like it's a complete um custom rig uh designed to get the most out of your driving style i guess and you got someone in the back that can analyze the data i guess right yeah i don't know what kind of cockpit it is it's full motion uh, for sure, but six DOF motion. Um, what do they say here? It's triple monitor six. Oh, sorry, so six DOF um, motion system. It's got a triple monitor, three, 32 uh, inch LED curve monitors at one hundred and forty-four refresh rate. Um, it's a SimuCube two direct drive system. So at twenty-five uh, nanometers of max torque, um, it's got. Uh, uh, Heiskenveld, or Sim pedals, yeah. um, and uh, Jink Shifter. Uh, so he's got the best, of the best uh, supported titles that they work. Uh, that you can test on is R Factor One and Two, iRacing, uh, Automobilista, which is is not. I think that's the new one that's came out. Uh, A set of Corsa, Race Room, and then F1 2019. Um, but they use uh, software like Motec. Uh, i2 pro and Motec i2 std with uh, z1 commercial software so there's a lot of professional software for telemetry as well being used um I'm trying to pricing bring
0: up... <laughs> is 200 bucks for one hour
1: yeah uh, or four... ranging up to 1500 for four and that you know and they got different people i guess was it thomas randall is the uh the person that the the engineer i guess they're going to use or they have Uh, Lee Holdsworth. A professional racing driver, Lee Holdsworth. Yeah, so they got uh, $1,500 for four hours. That's a lot of money, but I guess if you really want to get your experience, um, you know, it's half a price of buying a motion rig, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. And look at the gallery with the pictures of that
0: beast. What a rig. I mean, it's, it's like you said, a, a really nice cockpit with all the best stuff, but it's on this motion platform that, jacked up
1: in the air and moves all around it's crazy it's basically trying to make you feel like you're you're the you're the uh professional racer that they're focusing their time on right like you're you're going to get in there you're the one that's being focused on for that hour or four hour period and that's your time okay check that
0: out that's in australia if you're there let's move (laughs) on to raptor tech computers this is a company that uh came into iRacing Drivers World Facebook page and basically said, hey, we haven't heard much about iRacing before, but we've been uh, contacted by some customers who need some computers, uh, and we hooked them up. And so they did a little homework and found out this is a big uh, opportunity. Uh, He's asking about some questions, trying to learn about uh, iRacing. He said, "Uh, are many of you moving over to VR? How many uh, use triple monitors? Do you use wired or wireless? Uh, And some other uh, budget questions and so forth. He said he plans on creating five systems specifically for iRacing starting at $700
1: price range. And they do have a Facebook page called Raptor Tech Computers. Well, and this is the best thing. This is right now very handy to come into this because... There's so many questions out there. Is what will this run iRacing? What do I need to run iRacing? Like having different budget builds for specifications, you know, can really help out uh, these guys solve these questions like some of these questions that are being asked by new people coming into iRacing.
2: Well, it basically sounds like that's the very question they're asking is uh, we're, we're going to test it out and see exactly what you do need to run iRacing.
0: So on their page, the most recent post is. The best uh, gaming PC ever, and I click on it, and it's $7,800. Holy cow.
3: Well, did you
1: see that video, the one I posted last, I think it was last night, of a guy just picking all the best parts off a shelf, and uh, apparently the total of it was $8,800. Yeah, that's what this looks like. It's got the 2080 Ti.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So just another place to get your computers, guys, if you're looking to buy. All right. How about another rig review? This time, Mitchell Dejong.
1: Well, we get to create or critique his review. He wasn't really talking about it. He was kind of posted on his uh, Facebook page. Uh, he was thanking. Uh, here, I'll read what he posted up. He goes, "Thanks Yamaha Tire and uh, Bear Walker Board Shop for uh, super cool, uh, super cool board after earning pole position in the first IRX or racing IRX invitation around from Hell uh, RX." um next round is going to be down uh or down today and the rumor is that the new format will feature inverted field so that was it's an old post but uh looking at his rig he's got a an 8020 with triples i'm guessing that's probably 32 inch monitors there yeah um and he's got a screen above is that two more monitors to the above each of the other ones yeah i think so that's what and i, then I thought a, that was cool and then he has a flat screen off to the side just to you know have it it looks like uh his actual computer um uh, uh cpu is sitting on its own standoff by the wall um but uh it looks like he's running direct drive it's a just full, p1x yeah uh, i
2: think it's just p1. p1 i don't think it's the p1x the pedal the pedal assembly doesn't look right to be p1x looks well like that, heiskenfeld those pedals. are
1: heiskenfeld pedals
2: well i'm talking about how it's mounted right the p1x has a has a whole different setup for the basically it's what's different on the p1x is the pedals man i love look, that setup looks like though. a
1: semi Cube wheel too i really love that setup he's got a really nice setup there and I'm no wires say, it's really best, clean the best thing about his the whole thing here is the red bull helmets on the wall too his all his helmets set up right it's a really clean look up clean look i'm impressed Okay, next we got
0: the D-Box Generation 3.
2: What we actually have is a rig review of it uh, with our, our friend over at Sim Racing Garage. Uh, I didn't go watch the whole review because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not going uh, – Well, I mean, you waste, that's a long his videos – Well, no, his videos are great. And if you – when you want to watch the whole video is if you're going to put it together.
0: Or you're right? buying it, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. So Yeah, I'm not – videos. I'm not buying it so I skipped and what's really nice this is an apparently something new you can do on uh YouTube it has little segments with with captions if you go along the timeline and um you can see the packaging it talks about he talks about what he's covering each side so I was able to skip right to where the final thoughts were and listen to those and and he had just about Nothing but positive things to say um, from the quality of the build to the fact that it does that it is an improvement in performance over the uh, Dbox 2 and other competitors. So if you're ready that to spend the money, this may be a way to go.
1: It is nice that YouTube has added that part to it. You're right, Mike or David. Yeah, that's cool. And he
0: does great videos. And boy, if you want to learn about the product, this is a great video to, to watch. I don't, Definitely. I don't, I'm ahead, sorry, David. I don't think anybody
2: else is really any more knowledgeable about, about race gear, uh, hardware, engineering. You know, we us try to get this guy on the show. Might be a good interview. All right,
0: let's take another look at something we've talked about before. <laughs> this is that crazy uh, head motion system or uh, called the Frex Head Motion System Prototype. And we got a, another look on their Instagram of the actual product uh but not in use it's just sitting on the table. So you can see the helmet. He's got some uh, actual helmets and on each side of the helmet is like a, a, a connector or some kind of mechanism where uh, it you can hook a band to it, so to speak. And then he's got these orange bands or ropes or whatever you want to call them. He's also got the VR headset and whatnot uh, that attaches to the helmet. And so kind of all the pieces uh, to put the thing together. And then uh, longtime listener Jason Bosi sent us on Twitter a video of the Frex head motion system prototype that they put together uh, long ago back in 2014. So apparently they've been working on this for quite some time because uh, Jason found us a video of a prototype, a different one, Now, check out this video, guys. It doesn't have the rope on each side of the helmet. It's got literally a bracket that attaches to the helmet and is literally, like, moving his head left or right, forward, backwards. I mean, I thought the other prototype was crazy. This one's nuts.
1: If this thing goes bad, it's taking your head and everything with it.
2: I know. It's just like, oh, my God. Well, if Skynet takes over, we, we know anybody that owns this is done for. Like, I don't know
1: if your neck muscles are going to, you're going to have to be, you probably have to train like an F1 driver to drive one of these, this thing. You or, would,
2: or it could be how you train, because I'm sure you could change the levels. God, man, that, I mean, in the,
1: for me, like just the, uh, in thinking up these things is crazy enough as it is. And trying to, you know, what, what's your trust level the first time you put it on and programming it, right? Like. You don't know what that's going to do. Right. You got
0: to, I'm sure they probably tried it with like a test dummy or something first. I don't know. I mean, does it really provide the effect you're looking for? It's literally moving your head and you're like, you could just relax inside the helmet and it's going to move your head around.
2: If, uh, if I follow partic- uh, quite a few racers who like to post their uh, workout routines, um, and part of their workout routines include actual neck exercises where they're basically doing like neck curls and different types of stuff to strengthen those neck muscles.
1: Yeah. They, they, they had a whole thing. in uh, I don't remember if it's season one or season two of the F one, uh, um, the thing on Netflix that they had, um, but they'd showed the workout routines just to strengthen their neck, neck muscles and stuff. And what they have to do is it's just, it's just, just the G forces and stuff like that. Like, that's the thing that they're trying to you know get here is the g-force for it. but i feel like your your neck has to be able to, like it's pulling on your neck and moving in certain ways but your body still has to do something to make the sensation of that i don't feel like the way that that motion rig working together gave that sensation from what i was looking at but obviously it was old setup right but you need to be you know your body when you're hitting the brakes needs to move forward and your head has to go forward with it, but, you know, not too far forward, right? Because if you're wearing a Hans device, it would be kind of held in, but... Well,
3: this thing it's... is jerking
0: that
1: helmet forward. Yeah, and I just... The break. But it the brake. But it, it, I don't feel that the body has to go with it. It has to be like the same... You know, your head and your body go at the same rate when they go forward, right? Right. Until something has a resistance to it.
2: So you need the head restraint, and you need the G-Seat to push on you when you're accelerating, and those... Uh programmable seat belts to pull on you when you're braking.
1: And then you need a D box. Yep. So you just You gotta have a Go house, rob right? a bank you or need, you need able it, to have you'd be able to have a house to put this in, but if you buy this you won't have the house to put it in.
2: Or either that or basically we're talk, starting to talk the price of a car. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh
0: we got some copying of hardware. Yikes. Um I'm trying to figure this one out here, Mike. Um well, basically, I got this. I mean, this guy, Carl von Eisenhower, sells G29 wheel adapters, uh, G27 wheel adapters, where you can get any kind of racing wheel and stick it on a G27 or a G24. It's a little metal piece uh, with, you know, six holes in it, you know, that that will hook to the base and hook to the wheel. Pretty simple. He sells them on eBay. So, apparently, he sold one to... Max Pappas, the guy who is a racer who makes steering wheels. And then shortly after he sold one to Max Pappas, Max Pappas apparently started selling a Max Pappas wheel adapter for the G29 and G27. And when you look at it, it's literally the same thing that Carl Eisenhower has designed and been selling and sold to uh, Max. So he's calling Max out. Um, saying, look, man, you're stealing my design.
3: Well,
1: the worst, you know, it sucks that this happened, but the problem is, is isn't that why patents and things are made to stop? Right. Does he have a that? copyright? That's my first question. Cause anyone with a 3d printer can make those things too, right? Right. It's, it's
0: just a round disc with six holes in it. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of design to it, but still.
1: It's like a, it's basically a, you know, you're, you're saying is, is a spacer with holes on it. Just to make it line up properly. Right. And I'm not trying to take anything what this guy did. Like if, if, if it's true that Max stole it, I mean, it's, it's a shame because it shouldn't be done that way, but it's the real world, isn't it? Like this happens every day. That's why businesses come and go.
0: I think his, the problem that soured him is he sold Max one. And then immediately after Max puts out a brand new product, that's the same thing.
2: Well, uh, if that's the case, you shouldn't be trying him in public. I should be taking him to court.
1: Exactly. Not on Facebook, right? I have a feeling that Max has a little bit more power that even if he did take him to court, it's really tough. But, hey, all the power to it, but it's good to bring light to it, I guess. Um, It's unfortunate. Let's talk VR.
2: Well, we have a post uh, from Jeffrey Ford, a long-time member of iRacing. He's bought... Speaking of people who have money bags, uh, I'm not doing this. Uh, He bought an 8K and a 5K uh, Plus. Pimax. Pimax. And he's going to try both of them out and see which one ends up liking better. Um, And then there's some discussion as you go down the thread about settings, but he hasn't really filled us in on which one he chose. And I tried to go to the second link, and Pimax's website is down right
0: now. It worked for me. It shows $900 for the 8K Plus. And if you read the forums a bit, you'll find that this is probably the best VR money can buy right now that will work on iRacing if you have the right computer. so, Greg, I was, so, say, Greg,
1: to I was trying right. to get you to buy this one. That's okay. I'm perfectly fine with the VR setup that I'm into now.
2: Yeah, I mean, my Rift S is, is with because of all the extra third-party apps that I'm running particularly, it's barely keeping up. This is uh
1: this is the the bomb apparently 900 bucks so it's amazing what they've been able to do in what a short span of time go from the basic VR setups to now what 8K setups Great. Well, remember v- dual 4K. VR started
2: all the way back in the 80s
1: with lawnmowering. <laughs> no but you know what I'm talking about in this generation of what VR has become because the hardest part of VR is is getting people to get on board with it right they've had different uh, different phases of VR that you know some come and go all the time it's not it's one thing it's not uh it's not a consistent thing like a monitor to always have right
2: well there's definitely different issues there's there's the issue of comfort there's the issue of being able to to uh run run the hardware there's the screen door effect which the Rift S has done a pretty good job of of handling i know the Rift was pretty screen doory but i don't really notice it in the Rift S so
0: it's 900 for the goggles but if you want the uh, index controllers or the Steam VR base stations. That bundle is
1: actually fourteen hundred dollars. Well, you probably, obviously, you're obviously probably going to be a couple grand in, into a computer system or more to run this. So right. you might as well throw another fifteen hundred dollars at it to run this. I mean, most of the people that run VR for iRacing probably don't use the other portions of VR. It's just for racing. Like I I have a feeling I got my VR and I'm not even going to use it for anything else besides racing most of the time or anything on the sim. I'm not going to use it outside of the sim. You got the Rift S, right? Yeah, same as David. Cool.
0: Okay, let's talk rig reviews. This time uh, we got staff members Tony Gardner and Steve Myers from iRacing both on Twitter showing off their new Chad Wheeler wr1 rigs
1: that everybody in the nascar community bought i want to know how many of in the last or has have been purchased in the last what do you want to say like dozens month and a half, i would say two months but that's just a nascar like i'm sure there's other people seeing these and purchasing them too i don't know what their production is like how quickly they can get them produced but uh <laughs> steve myers tweets pretty uh pretty funny about uh he's so excited that he got his whole his, his setup and then all of a sudden uh his daughter looks like she's been uh, won't let him on it i kind of had that problem last night when i showed my wife with vr so i understand his pain
2: hey man you could race some more if you get her to,
1: to in, into it as well that's okay she was driving around and i had to shift for her um and she did the she did our dover setup she's like how do you guys drive this it just wants to spin out i said so it's all takes time to get used to. So
0: I wondered if they had to buy these or maybe they were comped, you know, or, and then I also enjoyed, uh, They're the hood, write-offs. yeah, maybe a write-off. Yeah. Uh, Steve Myers in the, his room where he has the cockpit, he's got a, a, race car hood hanging on the wall with the iRacing logo on it. And it's kind of wrecked up in one corner. I'm guessing this is one of a uh, Ty, Ty Majewski's, uh,
1: cars. Or is it the um, the truck or something? The truck. It might be the truck. The Eldora. I don't know. That's. I'm trying to remember. That's pretty crinkled though. Pretty good. Uh, I'd that's love to good. have that. I would love to have that too. That's a. That's a pretty good thing to have on the wall.
0: Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, let's talk. Uh,
1: how about another nice paint job? Uh, so we're going to the Instagram now. Um, what is it? M- Mendes Paint. Uh, Showed a, a Marlboro painted. Uh, we, do we know what re- wheelbase that is? That's the Thrustmaster T300. Is it, is it the Thrustmaster T300? It is uh, the good old Marlboro, you know, Mc, Honda McLaren colors from back in the day. And the man, it really nice, it's so beautiful. Um, I guess it that would be the uh, would that be the Brazilian colors there? Just
0: yeah, Brazilian flag colors on the top, yeah, yeah,
1: and then. Man, is it, it's really sharp. I, you know, it's obviously done really well. Do you th- it's obviously, a. am guessing it's a decal, not a... Uh, I mean, it looks so
0: good. Maybe a vinyl. It probably is a decal. I mean, it looks really
1: sharp. But well done, whoever uh, whoever got this done, because uh, it's, it's, it's really well done. Yeah, he said, My son wanted a McLaren MP4-inspired wheel with a bit of Senna. Well, you can't have much a faster racer than uh, the... Uh, than Senna right there. So that's good to uh, see that. Okay. In the interest of time, we're going to skip the company
0: reviews. Uh, we'll get into those next week. Uh, moving on, Greg, to iRacing
1: tips, tricks, softwares, and overlays, part one. Um, so this is off of uh, David Sim- uh, is it David Sampson YouTube page. Um, he goes over uh, a bunch. Of, I haven't watched this uh, much of it, but he goes over a bunch of the, uh, overlay as a chip. Like he's just going over uh, stuff that you can add into iRacing to immerse yourself with more. Um, Mike, did you watch any of this?
0: Oh yeah, this definitely inspired me. I love this video. Um, I know about all the software for iRacing, you know, third-party stuff, but I was inspired to go ahead and try Crew Chief after watching his video. I've I've heard of it. I have team members that use it. I've never actually tried it. And I installed it and ran it at Martinsville last night. I loved it. It gives you additional information that the regular spotter doesn't give uh, in a lot of cases. Um, Like who's the leader and what your lap times are. You know, just different things like that that the regular spotter wasn't providing. So I'm impressed just by that. But he goes through not only Crew Chief, but several other third-party apps like uh, Fraps and other uh overlays that you use while you might stream he talks about vrs and how to use that and make sense of it uh if you're new to iRacing this is a must watch
1: has he posted any other ones yet he has
0: this is only part one if you go to his channel you'll see he has all kinds of different iRacing related uh how-to videos so to speak how to pick the right monitor how to overclock your monitor how to host a race how to set up force feedback and so I wasn't going to go through all of these but yeah it's a
1: pretty cool channel on YouTube his name is David Samson 5.31k subscriber and now he's got one more subscriber yeah
0: I subscribed uh, good stuff definitely check out his videos
1: this is this is where we used to have back in the days have guys like this that would help everybody out. And I feel like we need to get back to doing that so that everybody here, you know, this community can work. It works better when everybody's, you know, working together.
2: Well, it's a giant community and there are a lot of places where everybody is helping each other out. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to just have everybody have that one dude who comes in 10 minutes before the race and says, Hey, can I get a, somebody to share a shit, share a set. (laughs) That was nice.
1: That's a tongue twister for you there,
0: eh? All right, final hardware topic. Uh, It's a rig for sale, a SimCraft Apex 4 GTS. Uh, This is the rig that Danny Hamlin has, Kyle Busch has, uh, that we've seen those guys racing in. And uh, guess what, guys? It's only $30,000. It was new original retail price at $64,950, though. $64,000.
1: Holy cow. Well, didn't they say that something then he has almost 100 grand into his? I heard 40 at one point, but man, I don't know. But uh, he he, he makes sure he doesn't have that remote in the wrong spot.
2: Yeah, he put out a video where he had all the remotes, (laughs) hiding them. That was pretty good.
0: He's got three 43 inch monitors on this baby. And uh, holy cow. I mean, it's just 30 grand and you're out the door. You got a kick-butt motion rig. I mean, it's for sale, guys. Alex May has it for sale on Facebook. It's in the uh, Facebook group called Sim Racing Buy and Sell USA. Alright, let's jump to results. Uh, let's talk NIS Dover and finish up uh, Friday night. David, you got a P10. Yeah,
2: something that's just happened since then. I don't remember much about it. Oh, I did get a black flag because a, because of a lap car lagging bad. Back um, and then uh, I got away- I did get a wave around in a Lucky Dog ran- raced back up to eleventh, then came out at tenth after the last caution and I guess I just stayed there till the green white, on the green white checkered. That was about all I had.
0: Well, you got your laps back, stayed in it, uh, Greg. You got P eighteen.
1: Yeah, that one. Both Friday and Sunday, I was in contention to win both races, or at least at least the top three, and it's one on. Friday night if I remember correctly I was um in the top five until um uh did I get oh I got I went down pit road and got trapped a lap two laps down because a caution came out when we were doing grand flag pit stops got them back and then got messed up in a whole bunch of other stuff uh trying to get back through the field once I got my laps back and just never could recover after that but it was probably up to like with like Sixty to go. I was I was in contention there. Yeah, and then Tom Dryling ran with you. Uh, P six
0: for him he said ran good most of the race. Fell a lap down er- with early contact with Greg. Took half the race to work my way back to the lead lap. A couple of super short runs at the end. I couldn't do a restart to save my life. A good finish. Well, and
1: that was funny too because Tom got. I wanted to say he had thirty eight seconds or something like that of damage of running into me and i never got an x or anything out of it um so i don't know if it was a uh, neck coat or whatever but he, we were stopping for a wreck he went past me and um he hit my right rear on his left or sorry hit my left rear on his right front never did anything to me and his tr- car had damage and he just had to recover from the whole race from that and it, it just didn't make any sense because even i had uh, david flowers as my spotter in that race and Uh, He said that we didn't even touch, which is odd. Yep, good uh,
0: recovery for him. Uh, Tony Rochette, he got wrecked out. I ran. I got P11. I actually ran as high as third, but was involved in many incidents, eventually 20X. I had to do a drive-through and then speeding after all that under green. So I had the drive-through penalty. Then I sped during that penalty, (laughs) and so I had to come in again and... uh, Boy, what a drastically different race than Wednesday. I think Wednesday I had a good run, was running up front. But then with all the incidents this in this race, I was, uh, you know, I got the black flag and it was just a nightmare. But P11, still a good finish. Let's move on to uh, Sunday Open. I ended up running because I didn't get my top five yet and I was desperate for it. So I woke up early and got p4 baby i was really happy with that i ran top 10 all day i had some speed on some later runs for a change uh near the end i just had nothing for the top three they were driving away from me so i had fourth locked up though uh but man what a good run uh i think that's three in a row top fives in the last three weeks and so Man, I'm so happy to get a, a P4 out of that.
2: I snuck away with the P13. Um, I got punted early, got a couple of laps down, was able to get him back later. And I didn't know it at the time, but my mic had not been working. So no telling what I had spewed out uh, during during that wreck. Um, way, way later in the race, I'm trying to tell somebody that I'm trying to pit. And um, they can't hear me. And they're beside me because I had just gotten the lucky dog and they didn't. They didn't know that I needed to get down into the pits, and we had an incident there. Uh, That dinged the car up a little bit more, but then I was able to sneak away, I guess, with a P-13 after all that drama. Okay. You had a
1: lucky, lucky day after that.
2: Yeah. Tony Rochette, he said,
0: same song, different dance, wrecked out. Tom (laughs) Dreiling.
1: He's pretty much quitting after all this.
0: He's had a a tough week, Uh, yeah. Tom Dreiling, he had a good one. P-3, He said, up and down race, started 27th, lost a lap under yellow due to checking on my gas pedal. He said it didn't feel right. Worked my way back onto the lead lap and top 10, hung in there most of the race. Was able to work my way to third on the final 27-lap run. I'll take a top five after a bad week at Talladega. Then Greg, P12.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I, uh, I was in the top four. For most of that race, again, I should have been up there, and then there was a caution came out, and I passed a car that was going slow, and I didn't realize that I had passed him. And I was, you know, you're you're, you're, you're checking your tires and making sure things are ready to go for when you're going on a pit stop, and I just didn't look up at the box to see that uh, I was. I needed to let a car by before I went down pit road, and I got nailed for the passing out of the yellow. So that's the drive-through penalty and then uh david told me at the last second. it's the first time i've had that in a while and i totally forgot that if you don't uncheck the tear offs it gives that extra 26 seconds so i had that and i didn't get it off in time before i got to my pit stall and i was going two laps down and the caution came out and then right after that i got loose underneath somebody and someone trying to just avoid me ended up hitting the wall and coming down and wrecking me and it just yeah, I got wrecked out of it. Um, should have had a better finish than I did. Okay, and then Sunday
0: fixed. Uh, Chris Scales wrecked out early. Seven minutes damage. He didn't finish. Uh, it was a tough one to swallow. Uh, I also got involved in the first caution. Uh, I had two and a half minutes damage, and I was down about 100 RPMs. Uh, I soldiered on to try not to lose too much, but it was only able to get up to 16th. Uh, I've just had no luck and fixed every time
2: it's you just need to run a opens and leave fixed behind. Maybe.
0: All right, let's talk uh, this week, Wednesday open Martinsville, David P 14.
2: Yeah. I started off at some point early in the race. Apparently my mic wasn't working again because I called out a, a guy towards the front of the pack. I was mid pack. He, he spins his tires and his sideways and everybody just comes piling in. Um, and I actually got a pass under the yellow because I actually got shoved past somebody at the start-finish line, uh, in the wreck, uh, and it took me a while to get that back actually, but I did. I was running like P6, in and in a, I got hit from behind. Uh, the guy apologized, so I already forgot his name. Um, and then a little bit later, I've been happy with the set, except I can't get on the gas with it. Uh, it 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 rose the middle beautifully, but if you try to if you try to set up the run. And, and beat somebody off the corner, it spins. And that's what happened. I self-spun when I was like 12. So I ended up 14th. Okay.
0: I ran with Nick uh, in my split, Nick Williams. Nick uh, got DQ'd out. He not only got the black flag at 22 incidents, but he got to 27 and they parked him. And so he didn't get to finish. Uh, but I had a much better race. Uh, I ran P4. I got 10X pretty early in the race, like in the first 40, 50 laps. Uh, Two of those 10X were actually my own doing when I spun the tires on a restart while running second, and it hooked left, and then went right into the inside wall. Luckily, nobody hit me, and it wasn't too much damage. But after that, I stayed out of trouble and uh, kept the car in one piece. Uh, Great run. There were 19 cautions in that race, man. Like, almost half the race was under caution. Uh, P4,
1: man, I'll take a P4. So happy with that. Hey, uh, before we finish up here, Mike, I got some breaking news here that I just looked up. Uh-oh. Um, on the forums page, um, this is just take it for what I'm getting at. Um, it looks like there's possibility of it. It is has had an 87 car... 87 monte carlo has been kind of confirmed but i'm not i don't have all the facts on it yet um but uh there is a post in the forums here by simon woodson saying uh, in the video uh th- i've just posted this up on our thing too uh this is the dale jr's thing that we were talking about um bringing back north uh, north Wilkesboro. world um it's like they were modeling um the car as it would be to drive the track in 90s in 1996 um but it also hinted at on this on his stream um that they were asking junior about the 87 car and junior responded um saying you guys are asking me things i can't talk about right now so i don't oh. know i don't know what that takes from it but i'm gonna have to definitely watch this video and uh go from there with it man i hope that's true that'll be
0: cool all right let's keep going with the results uh after my P4, Tom Dryling got wrecked out. Uh, Tony Rochette wrecked out. He said he got sick of the cautions, went to get a Martinsville hot dog. He had 29 <laughs> cautions in his split.
2: Ours was 24. And then he was like, I got you beat.
0: 29. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. It's got to be 150 of the 200 laps. Close. It's
2: been, it's been from the, get, from the first Monday A open, it has been the worst racing since January. I mean, since since last NIS season, it's just been horrible, horrible, bad, bad. No patience, um, no car control. Everybody just dying. dive bombs. Uh, n- just no no concept of uh, control. I mean, a, a, or racecraft. Everybody's just like, I got to, I've got to dive bomb you right now on lap two. We, uh, this morning, we, or this afternoon, we, me and Tom were the only ones to make the race and we made an over under on the cautions. And we set it at two lap two on when the first caution would be both of our races, lap two caution.
0: Okay. Chris scales. Uh, he got, uh, P 23. Uh, no, he got 13th. I'm sorry. 23 cautions was his race. He was three laps down because of a guy that didn't go on a restart and screwed a bunch of them and, uh, he could never get them back. Um, it was a big mess for him. Thursday open, David, you got P16.
2: Yeah, this was top split, and I really had about a 12th to 14th place car anyway. A lot of really fast drivers in there. I was car 20, I think. Um, I got punted near around 50 laps to go when I was just moving down in to get get out of the outside line for uh, after a restart. Uh, that put me two laps down because he knocked me right across the yellow cone at, at pit entry. Uh, got him back, though, but I was at 16x at that point. And so I tiptoed. I really didn't even try to get near anybody.
0: Okay. And then Tom Dryling got P9. Wow. He said, I've never been so disappointed in a top 10. I screwed up Q, started 18th, led 76 laps, had the fastest lap, but a lapper crashed, cost two minutes of required. I fell down two laps with only 50 to go onto the next one. Wow. That's leading some serious laps. Well done. All right. Let's uh, go into final thoughts. David Hall.
1: Slow the damn pace car down.
0: Should be an easy fix, you'd think.
1: (laughs) You really want to leave the podcast as that? Okay. How about about we get more... Okay, here's the easiest fix to that, David. Everybody drive better, so that car doesn't have to come out on the track.
0: Is that a title idea? Slow the pace car down? (laughs) Yes. Okay, Greg Hector's final thoughts?
1: Uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, I've been playing around with uh, VR here with my new Rift S, and... I feel like I, I said to Adam when I was testing this afternoon, working on a setup with him. I feel like it's a game changer for me. Like this, this is definitely. I it, I never I never thought that I never re- thought it would feel like this to to run in VR, and I just I feel I feel such I don't know if it's more confidence or just what it is, but it it, it drives differently, and I I can't wait to get out there and 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 race with it
2: if comfort is not an issue with VR, you feel like you're in the car. It's just that simple. It, it It's amazing. Like I,
1: and I was saying to, you know, I got out and looked around the car and, and just, just playing around with all the things. It, it's, it's amazing how you can get the car set up to the way you're sitting in your own rig in VR and make it kind of like my button box is right where the buttons are on the car. I got, my steering wheel, basically, right where my hands are, is where I'm sitting in the car. So I feel like I'm actually in the seat. Like it, it, just, and I can, I can, I adjusted my height a little bit higher so that I could see the, see a little bit better on the hood. But it, it's just, yeah, I, it's definitely going to be something to get used to. But yep. I'm, I can't wait.
2: I think I had, I think I had to do that in the stock car as well. All the sports cars, it seems to be good, but the stock car sat a little too low. Be prepared to sweat. That's what the fan's for that I got here,
1: and I might do that uh, do-it-yourself uh, fan setup that uh, I posted uh, in our messenger the one time where you can create wind. Yeah, and there's David, a and, company we've covered that does the wind machine thing. And David, David uh, wanted to uh, tell me that the cars don't have wind, which I believe, but I just I don't
3: care.
2: Yeah, they're sealed. There's, there's no... Air getting—that's why they have to have those air coolers on their helmets because they're sealed. If there's a lot of wind getting into that cabin, that car is not going as fast.
0: Okay. Next, uh, my final thoughts. Uh, yeah, going back real racing here soon with NASCAR, and IndyCar, and everybody. Uh, and I think it's time. I'm glad it's coming. I'm glad that I racing is going to be pulled back out of the spotlight a little bit, as we've discussed today. Uh, there's been some negative things that have gone along with the positive things. Um, I think overall there's been a lot more positive, but uh, kind of glad it's going to wind down. It's actually put this podcast into a, a different spin, uh, you know, where we're talking NASCAR and IndyCar and stuff like that when normally we don't cover such things. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting the podcast back to normal if there is such a thing. Uh, But we'll have to see what happens as uh, the the real guys go racing and and see what uh, topics come up and uh, go from there. As far as a competitive standpoint, man, I'm so happy with how I'm running. Top fives every freaking week except for like two. And uh, I'm just pleased as punch with how I'm running. It has to do with uh, this team. The setups you guys are giving us are, are great. I mean, the setup I ran fourth with last night It it was phenomenal, and I had no problems with it. So, just happy to be hitting on all cylinders. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on
3: iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.